We had a bear. We were driving to a bear spot, and a bear is on the side of the road, 80 yards from where his shooting position was. Mm -hmm. And basically, we wasted too much time setting him up in the prone position when if he would have been after this school, he already, I already asked him. I said, what would have been different? He said, I would have offhanded and dropped that bitch. There would have been three well, shots in him before. <laughs> exactly. So, But yeah. we had never practiced that. So just like we talked about, I'm guilty of All of us are guilty of it as far as practicing the unexpected shot to be more a more effective killer, basically. Yeah, we like, like we started. We are not what I would call like shootists. We are specialized shooters. Right. I love shooting in the prone. That's my strongest. When you put me sit it unsupported, you might as well just fucking <laughs> throw the rifle at the dude. Mm -hmm. We all shot offhand and we suck yeah. offhand. Right. We all shot um, sit it supported. We did actually pretty good sit it supported, mm -hmm. but we just stay in these little, in the, I guess the premise of what I was trying to say of how we suck as shooters is because we do all this at a hundred yards. We do offhand sitting unsupported, sitting supported and prone. And we do it offhand for three days. We do it four mm. days. And then we go to the mountains and then we get weird positions, weird angles. And you think, Oh, I'm doing so good on this target at a hundred yards. And then you go, fuck when I get in the woods and I'm actually shooting, I am terrible. Welcome to the Shoot to Hunt podcast with your host, Ryan Avery, a registered Democrat who loves the 6'5 Creedmoor. Now fucking and true. And Jacob Moshaney, his beard <laughs> is made of the gypsy pubes. But together, they make the number four podcast in all of the US and they a great success. We got, we got ginger, nice. ginger anger in here today. It's all right. <laughs> Just, just to, Mainly just, from that ginger. I, I think this is the liberal side of the table now, <laughs> because you both shot six five Creedmoors for a whole week. Well, you just ordered just one you, and you shot one for a week. So I prefer a two two three. One would argue this is the best shooting side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Oh, we'll I never know. Oh, we're gonna know. We'll never know. We're gonna know next week on Wednesday. I'm on. Pur I'm purposely never gonna go to that shooting school. Just so you don't I have to. We're gonna, we're gonna run the a few best shooter. <laughs> We're going to take the Self. shooting school to you. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> Self-proclaimed the best shooter. Uh, you wanted to touch on the, the podcast there's, process this morning. There's two things I want to touch on. Okay. So first, are you are you less fat? Yes. Well, tell us about it. I'm a, I'm a frosty 209. And what were you on last podcast? Like 216. Holy shit. Yeah. But That's I was, nice. Like I was on the little thing we're the shooting thing we we're talking about. I tried not to eat like breakfast most of the days. Okay, it didn't always work, but yeah. I tried. <laughs> didn't always work. <laughs> didn't always work. But I, I was, tried to not eat three bills a day. I was trying to limit my calories. I did pretty good, uh -huh. but we did a lot of. You can thank Chris for that one. Yeah, like well, fucking <laughs> Chris. Chris. I really cook. think right that your picture of what a diet may entail is, is nothing like what a diet should be. In other words, like if you just attempt to miss a meal, yeah. the, but you eat like four Philly cheesesteaks for dinner. Just because yeah. you missed that morning meal doesn't put everything like in 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 you know in balance, bro. Have you ever heard about fasting? What? <laughs> like eighteen six? Yes. When he yes. died, is, is that what you were doing though? Well, uh, mostly. <laughs> well, then don't say it's fucking all about it, fucking fasting. It was and the mostly, stuff you did. mostly. But damn, man, they make some good food. They all made good food. Mason Luke, told me Mason, all about these fucking cheesesteaks. I'm like, well, you're Ooh, supposed to spy out like were. like how it was made so that we can make it. And he couldn't tell me the deets. It was meat, cheese, and sauce. On so I told bread. him he needs to call Chris and get the deets for next time. Mm. Chris is a hell when of a we cook. Were at, when we were at lunch that night, we were talking about next year's meals. Yes. We are talking about next year's meals and, you know, having your dad there to cook too. Yeah. 
the, be- sure. the best shooter is not allowed to attend the shooting school. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. I'm going to train with <laughs> I'm going to be a trainer. <laughs> so the premise of this podcast oh wait a minute you got to get on the no nah, i think i'm over it well i will just say i asked i asked ryan as he as he strolled in here on this fucking red carpet what it's like to you know be taylor swift he just rolls in really the question i want to know is and this is for all the listeners because i know there's a bunch of late motherfuckers out there too when when something is like at nine o'clock like what's going through your mind as you wake up at a certain time and you're getting yourself ready? Like in your mind, you're like, you know, it's really not nine. It's more like nine twenty. So I got a few minutes. I mean, what as you're getting yourself ready, because you are consistently 15 minutes late for everything that's not hunting because you're actually like I, I just it it boggles my mind how you're actually the same amount late each time because it, it's fixable. Consistently right? late. Consistently the same amount late. As he calls it, nine-ish. Are you uh, done? No. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Ryan's like, last night, oh, I'm going to come in with notes for one of these podcasts. He rolls in with no notes, grabs his Red Bull, walks in the room. The podcast room is all ready. The roadcaster's reset. The SD card's in. And he just rolls in on the red carpet, grabs his sugar-free Red Bull, and takes a seat. That's my rant. You I'm done. done. I'm done. Okay. First off, <laughs> I'm never late. You guys are just early. <laughs> Second is my time frame thing. It is a little skewed in my brain. Like I was going to do notes on the shooting part. I was going to do notes on the what we shoot part if we're doing that. Uh-huh. That's kind of self-explanatory. Well, this is great because the notes never happen. So how did but, that happen? No, it's always, always get sidetracked with like other problems uh-huh. like last night. So it's a priority issue. Yeah. Well, I could flake. I can fake the funk on this. It's not going to be a problem. Yeah. Mostly. And I want to mostly have these two interject because I've shot. I don't want to jump into that. This the different thing on the notes is there's so be you t- have so while you're planning shit out in your mind and you're trying to be somewhere at a certain time with things that had to be done. There no. are there are allowances in your brain that you're giving yourself. This morning was I, I probably would have been on time because sometimes I surprise you. Do I not? You know you're what's like, cool about what I'm talking about right now is because there's a lot of people that know you. Yeah. That are listening to this. Yeah. And yeah. they all know the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, time. Uh, I'm gonna, this is going to sound really dickish right here. I don't care about your time. There you go. <laughs> that's where it But it, it really is. And that's what I was just talking to Luke about. It all comes down to priorities. But but this morning, let's take for an I would have been right on nine, but Tanya had a dentist appointment. And in the last second, she was like, you have to take Odie to daycare. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because it was like 830 at that point. Uh-huh. Doggy daycare. Yeah, she, he, our dog goes to daycare. Imagine that. I know what you mean about that. I don't care about your time thing because that's. I think that's what what comes down to it for most people that are late. Yeah. Like when I was raised. In fact, you're, so you're older than me a bit. You mm-hmm. got well, you got seven, six years on me. Forty six. So whatever that is. Like my dad, no matter what it was, like he would drop every fucking thing he was doing to make a time that he committed to. It didn't matter who it was or what. It was more like it's my word. So I'm going to be there. It didn't matter who it was or what it was for. Like once you give your word. So that's kind of opposite of like <laughs> a- allowances. It makes look like no, an asshole, but it, it is the truth. And nobody's time is more important than mine. It's and true. here are all these reasons why I it's don't true. have to be on time. I, I try. Well, I'm, I'm going to state it this way. I try my damnedest to be on time. It just doesn't work out most of the time. But but when it's something hunting related, it's fucking on the money or early. That's I think important. it's bad planning. It's not bad planning. My mind just doesn't hurry. At 13 years old, you don't get an opinion on this. <laughs> but it's my mind doesn't. Okay, like this podcast, like 
Probably you guys have plenty to, in my mind. This is my thought press. Tell me if it's wrong. That we have a bunch don't, of shit to do. That yet. Don't, don't pop, pop that yet. Don't pop that yet. You guys have so much shit to do. Luke's behind on everything. And it's okay for you. His to be. time is just free. So yeah. always have, actually, and, it cost me ten bucks an hour now. You're ten bucks an hour. Fucking raised it on me. Huh? <laughs> wait, wait. He Mason raised it on you. He did. He well, I was giving him business advice because he came into this with no negotiation of any kind. I'm like, dude, you're gonna walk in here and start working and you don't even know how much money you're making. You're fucking up. I said, How are you I how said, are you gonna be a businessman here at Unknown Munitions if you can't even negotiate your fucking rate before I said, you start? I want I want three percent of the recordings. But he said no. no. What? Oh, he's talking about the unknown reloading oh, course. Three yeah. percent of the commission. That's, said, a, that's steep. I said that's a really good negotiation tactic, but it's a big fucking no. <laughs> your, your dad, your dad was we're way off. We're like in the weeds now, but your dad was giving negotiation tactics up bear hunting. Remember? I don't about a backpack. Oh yeah, there you go. So you just got to start with a number, right? And they don't even get that part done. It don't even matter if it's fucking low. Like on your end, you should have started high. But I what did. I do to him is when he starts too high, <laughs> I say you get one more fucking try. And if you're still too high, you're getting nothing. Dude, that's a fucking dad move on yes. this. Yes. Uh, so getting back to time, that's the premise of it. And bull hunting, man, then then that's important. I already knew all that you were going to say. I just wanted to hear you say it. Well, I, I want to, we got all got to get our, you know, we got to air it all out. <laughs> so, and, and there is so much for you to do here. I'm like, I know Jake ain't waiting on me. Yeah. Like, remember the last, okay, let's go last podcast two weeks yeah. ago. I come and you were fucking around in that video room for what, no, no, another that, 30 hey, minutes. That late? didn't count because at nine on the dot, I was ready. You were sitting here ready to go. I was ready. And then as you were your 15 minutes late, I got I got pulled into other business situations. It could have been six minutes. But the point is that because you were late, nothing counts after that. Well, I could lie to you and tell you I'm going to do better. But it probably <laughs> <laughs> Luke, what's your thoughts on this? Dude, uh, just be on time. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Luke. Thank saying, you. Yeah. Saying, if you're not like, that. what, five minutes early, you're late? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. how the other half or the other 99% live other no, than Ryan Avery. There's a lot of people like me. Yeah. They just, they're not so upfront about it. Most people bullshit you with. Well, I think the younger generation, once we introduce like cell phones and instant communication and shit, the whole being on time thing kind of, you know, like when my dad said he would be somewhere, it was because if you didn't be there when you were supposed to, you yeah. have no way of letting somebody no know once you somebody. were in the car. So you had to be there. There has been times where you showed up late and I wasn't ready and that worked out. So I'll give you that. <laughs> you shouldn't have told him that. Uh, <laughs> now he's going to, that's one more allowance. I will he's tell you, and, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on uh, this. If I'm going to be egregiously late, yeah. I'll tell you. It's it's funny because I just wonder in your brain, what is egregiously late? Is there a percentage? If it's not like within 15 minutes late, I'll try to tell you. Uh-huh. I'll like see, the other I'll, day when I said, I'm fucking going to be late. I'll try to tell you. Most, unless I get sidetracked. 50% of the time, 100% all the time, I tell you. <laughs> unless the dog wants me to throw the ball for him. No. Then I'm not going to text you. <laughs> in here. He's a good boy. <laughs> Anyways, all right. That's all over Okay. It's all, it's Under all the bridge. Do. We're all, we're all. Well, it'll, it'll, it'll happen again it'll next happen podcast. Again. So. Well, we could have another thing about how late I was each podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll, talk, we'll do wait, and then what time you walked in. What time did you walk in today? 9, 16? Right, right at 15. Nine, yeah. So we were we had an appointment at 9 with notes, yep. and we show nine, up at 9, 15. 16 with no notes. It's on the board, but it says ish, if you look up there. <laughs> <laughs> it says every Thursday at 9 a.m. Ish. ish. So All right. ish is what range? 15 minutes. That's so 15 it. minutes before and after or just after? Well, like, we don't need to know if he's going to be early. Before, it doesn't matter. That ain't never going to happen. No. <laughs> All, right. All right. 
on topic. We're, we're talk, we got to talk about energy drinks because uh, we all have one in here. I even I guess that's energy drink if you caffeine, uh, coffee, just water. Oh, it's just oh, you're I, such I a I drank bitch. my cup of coffee in there. So you had a cup of coffee. I did. But you just wanted to. Look we're all forward. caffeine freaks, mm-hmm. and we gotta, we, I got to. Jake has. Have you not tasted this yet? Right. <clears throat> I haven't tasted it. This is the Kill Cliff. But I'm gonna take it for the team. It's the what? What's I'll, the name? I'll all right, I'm gonna read it. it. So zero it. sugar, Cam Haynes, Joe Rogan, Kill Cliff, Octane, CBD, 25 milligram, Elk Blood, Spicy Cherry, and then it says Hydrate, Energize, Focus. It's a 12 ouncer, and I'm not a big. I, I'm really not a big energy drink guy until I drank that one, which is, is which is, is the, the peach sugar free monster. Is fucking bomb. awesome. That's what Taylor Swift drinks. I fucking I fucking hate peach. <laughs> So, all right, there's the Kill Cliff. They have different flavors, too, though. Like some mango one. That's different. <laughs> spicy cherry. It's not It's not spicy in the sense that it's that it's hot. Right. It's like a tart. See, I like tart cherry juice because I have the gout. Yeah. For those of you out there that have the gout, the gout. you can actually get 100% tart cherry juice, mm-hmm. and it really does help. It breaks up. Uh, wow. Yeah. So out of you know everybody does it out of ten. What, what are you giving it out of ten? Seven. Mason. Seven. I don't like the flavor too. No. Have you tried one? My mom would kill me if I drank an energy drink. Does she watch the podcast? What the? F- <laughs> she ain't here. That was a joke, mom. If you're listening, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is why yeah, this is your last podcast. All right, All right we're passing we it down the line. Passing the herps around. Veteran owned. <clears throat> it's not bad. That's not bad. But it's not great either. It's not like, oh, I, like that one there, that fucking sugar-free peach monster. If you guys ain't tried that one and you're into the sugar-free monster, that one is money. I give that a solid five, and I love like black cherry. Yeah. I do not like that one. Like, the, Sorry, Joe. Not mm. a good flavor. This is an eight. You know, this is a ten. and like the whole CBD, like we talked about that with... Uh, with Ryan Lampers yep. taking CBD. So Jess has those gummies. Mm-hmm. And dude, if we take one of those CBD gummies and then go to bed, when I wake up, I feel groggy. So I wonder if I drank that in the morning. You know, I just wonder if the CBD makes you groggy. Well, you know, they don't know enough to know about it, but it's supposed mm-hmm. to you know, get rid of inflammation and get rid of pain. So I imagine it makes your body like relax and it yeah. probably does make you tired. Yeah. But I believe there has to be a buildup of CBD. It can't just fucking be one drink and then, oh, mm-hmm. my God, I'm feeling so relaxed. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be taken quite a bit to onboard it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So at eight. Seven. Two, I was you a seven. seven. What were you? I'll give it an eight. Wow. Yeah, I liked two. it, actually. At fucking two? I just don't like the taste. Two means like you'd never drink it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you wouldn't drink if it. They, if they had different flavor. I oh, would, they have tons I of try it. I get a five. I would drink it, but I wouldn't drink it as my daily. Well, Mason's extremely picky. Damn, I guess. In the mountains, I take one of these and a little Fairlife protein. Sugar-free Red And that's my breakfast. Oh, <laughs> man. If you guys, the Fairlife fucking chocolate protein oh. drinks from Costco, they get, they'll get they get like a pallet or two in and they disappear. But if you guys ever see those at the Costco, the Fairlife, what is it, 30 grams? 30 grams. It's crazy. 30 grams in a little bottle. but they're And then I think it's two grams of sugar, which is Is it good. just milk or chocolate milk? Chocolate milk. It's well, it's like protein watered <clears throat> milk. Yeah, but it's chocolate milk for most people. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways. All right. How Let's, many minutes of off-topic shit was that? Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh, uh, Fourteen. Twelve. That's not bad. Uh, now we got to give them some value. It was some high-level shit we covered. It was. 
<laughs> One more thing. <laughs> this is probably a nine for me, and this is like a twelve. Oh, are you, are you a the diet Red Bull fan, or are you like regular? Oh, you're not on the sugar. Well, I'm not on the, so is your sugar. It's <laughs> oh. the way to go. You're in fast and loose with that rule. <laughs> 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 Anyways, I am a fan of this. Yeah. Anyway, it's like not a. I don't like peach. Just try it. Have you tried it? Yes, one? I don't like peach. Oh. No. Peach. I like black cherry and I like peach. There's a white. So there's a. We got a a bottle, a case of white, and it just says no sugar monster. All white. All white can. I do you like and that? And then one. we have strawberry. So same can as that, but it's red and it's a strawberry, no sugar. Those are the three no sugar flavors of monster. Mm -hmm. You know, if you drink white monster, you're gonna be a Mormon. Yeah, in reality, all these fucking energy drinks are not good for you. Fuck no, they're not. No. That's why I drink them. That's why Luke's drinking water. He's like a... His body's his temple. Luke is like a pure kind of hippie type of guy. My body's a temple. No, oh, fuck. <laughs> there we go. My body's a temple. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're fucking this up. Here. If you don't know, we have Mason Mushaney. Mushaney. And we have Luke Rogers Did you on the podcast say today. Muse? How many years do we got to do this before it's not a fucking cow mute? Moo Shaney. Oh, Ma. Ma. Does it fucking matter? Moo Ma. It don't matter. Moo Ma. All right. We just got back from six days of shooting in Montana. And uh, we learned. I'm going to kind of just 20 question these people, but. What I learned, and this is my third time doing it, is we all suck at shooting. And I if I, and I'm putting I on a limb here, if I suck at shooting, the the mass majority, mass majority of hunters really suck at shooting. And I'm going to leave it at that. That's why you have a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I made that sticker. We should have we should have brought those with us. Yeah. But the premise of it is this, is we spend, we, we as, in a, as a whole, spend way too much time doing whatever we're comfortable with in the shooting sports, especially if we're bolt gun, you know, long range hunting uh, side of the house. And when we're put in a position where we're not comfortable, mm. we fall apart. You know, I think that that actually applies to a lot of like, just for example, going to the gym, you get in a gym routine, right? And mm -hmm. you do the same fucking six workouts for chest every fucking three days, twice a week, whatever. And by the time you're, you know, you get to a point where you're no longer sore, it's easy. It's like no brain involved and, but your body gets used to it. So yeah. it doesn't adapt to a new challenge. So it, it's the same thing. I think if you're comfortable yes. prone or you're comfortable off a knee or whatever, everybody should practice what they're not comfortable with. Yep. Even like cold and wet, all the shit that we talk about, try it out. Yeah. We practiced, we practiced, you know, a lot of prone, but when I'm hunting, I always try to shoot prone no matter what, but it doesn't always work out. But I've been, I think I added up to nine different shooting schools, you know, like six that were like official and three that were kind of thrown together. But we spent two freaking days learning how to zero a rifle, which is probably the most interesting part to me. And people don't agree. People, you know, this three shot group came about, you know, by gun riders, I think in like the 30s, 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. And excuse me, the basic premise of a three-shot group is flawed because once we get our quarter-minute three-shot group, half-minute three-shot group, we leave it at that. If we were to shoot that group again, I almost guarantee it's not going to be that same size. It's going to be bigger. Right. Yeah, I think that's been proven over and over again at this point. Yeah, over and over again. Well, we kind of just go through a two-day process of 
these <clears throat> 10 shot zeros and we're actually making a bigger zero than 10 shots we just don't realize it at the time because we did those two days and we looked at the back of our targets remember and we had these big big groups in the back when you're looking at them because you're we're shooting and taping them up shooting mm -hmm. and putting tape on them well when you flip the target around at the end of that two days you see what your actual group size generally is and it's it's not a pretty picture mm -mm. and people have this preconceived notion where they can just go out shoot th shoot three shots validate the freaking uh the muzzle velocity and they can just go hunting mm. and they're good to 800 yards and it's it's just totally hogwash I have another viewpoint. So, so having not been to the class, I'm like the outlier in the group here because the other three went. Loser. But I would say <laughs> they said leave the best shooter at home. So that's what happened. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. Hey, however it's proclaimed, it is proclaimed. <laughs> I would say that from a hunting perspective, we don't shoot 10 shots. Generally, we don't even shoot three shots. At some point, you have to judge the accuracy of the rifle to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. and to judge a load that you're developing, for example. Um, and then having a zero that holds zero, a cold bore zero shot for the hunter is the most important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you may have a barrel that migrates. You're shooting two, two, three out of a Tika. You may have an inch and a half, 10-shot group. But where does the first shot generally tend to go? The first shot probably goes almost dead center where your zero is, and then as it heats up, it starts to walk out, which is fine, and it's, it, it is a good idea to know what your rifle is capable of, but I hope to kill in one shot. But it doesn't always happen, and majority, you're ready for a follow-up. The majority of time, it doesn't happen. With a one-shot kill? Yep. Yeah. Well, let me premise. To, <clears throat> we always take shots. We do these groups. We do these cold bore stuff in comfortable positions. I guess the basis of this is it's getting you away from your comfort zone. Yeah, but that's Actual. like two separate parts. Like the positional right. shooting right. and being uncomfortable. Yeah, that's one part. But talking specifically about how you guys, I guess you guys shot 10 shot zeros a couple of days in a row. Yeah. And then you looked at your same target. Yep. And yeah, you may see a big group, which may indicate maybe a zero shift or maybe mm -hmm. just you have a two inch zero cone, however mm -hmm. describes it. But just the other perspective would be I don't shoot 20 shots when I'm hunting an elk. No, but you you need to get your zero as good as you can because mm -hmm. you are not going to be shooting in a good good position. Exactly. So your zero has to be nutted by yep. the time you actually get there, and that's the prep. You can go out there five days in a row, and if it's on a bench or you're in a really good, nice prone position, and you can shoot beautiful groups. Have Have you before, yeah, before a hunt? And I'm asking this because I already know the answer. Gone out multiple mornings, multiple days in a row, and checked the zero out of your rifle. Yes. Okay. Why did you do that? Make sure it's zeroed. Okay. But you think the zero is going to shift from day to day, or are you trying to check the accuracy of the rifle? What in in internally in your brain? What are you trying to do with that method? Basically, make just sure that I, not only is the gun ready, that I'm I'm ready too. Yeah. But it's not like a verifying zero is different than getting a zero. What? Verifying a zero is better than getting that zero set up. Okay. Because you could shoot three rounds a day and not have a solid zero. The ten, you shoot a 10. Basically, you're going to get there twice as fast by shooting a 10-round group than a three-round group. See what I'm saying? People do all this fucking ladder stuff, right? And probably that fucking ladder is all within the cone of dispersion anyways. Probably. So they're just... But well, there's a better way to look at this from the cold bore hunter perspective, which yeah. is what you were doing with your multiple days. Would you rather have the 20 shot cone average zero or the cold bore zero? In other words, what if your 20 shot oh, I'm not, cone yeah. zero 
was a half inch off of your every shot off a cold bore zero. Well, in your best, they should be the same, technically. But they're not. Well, you would have to prove your that up. Your barrel's going to walk a certain direction, right? Well, these are no, two different zeros. No, that's all going to be me. in the cone of dispersion. Even if it's a cold bore, it's still within that 10-shot cone What's of dispersion. What's in a cone? But if you had, so if you had a 20-shot cone dispersion zero, mm-hmm. which put your, you know, puts your shot, puts your zero here. But then every day for 10 days, you went out and you shot your cold bore. Mm-hmm. And the average of that cold bore zero was a half inch right here. Would you rather set your zero as a hunter to this or set your zero as a hunter to this? They're going to be the same. They're not, though. This um, is this is the application. They're going to be, okay, well, in theory, they're going to be the same. Unless you're doing fundamentally something to mess the gun up, well, I have they're going to be the same. I believe that as you guys are doing your 20-shot cone of dispersion type of zeros, right, that it's never going to. It's not a it's 20, it's 10. 10 shot, yep. Okay. I think the average of that 10-shot group is going to be in a different position than your zero, your cold bore zero shot 10 days in a row, the first cold shot. I think it'll still be you – can, you can argue about the impact point, the central impact point. Yeah. It's still going to be in that cone of dispersion. Say it's a half inch yeah. or say it's 1.5 MOA. Yeah. It's all going to be within – We should do this test. Hell yeah, we should. Let's pretend that we do this test uh-huh. and this was the result. Make your choice. It's not going to be the result. I said pretend. Well, you're going to have to make a shift. You would shift to the cold bore zero versus the center of the cone. The way you have it, it looks to me like it's about an inch high and an inch right. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to make that correction. Mm -hmm. But I think that if we do do this, and I'll do it because I'm definitely the best shooter here. (laughs) It's going to be within that dispersion. It's going to be, it will be. I agree. I'm not arguing the fact that both zeros would be within the cone, except I believe that your average point of impact for a cold bore only, in other words, multiple mornings in a row with a completely cold rifle, I believe that the average of that cold bore target mm-hmm. will be a different position than your 10 shot zero. We can actually shoot it and we can just ask Forum yeah. who's going to have the answer anyways because I'm pretty sure he's already done I like to do things though. I don't oh, like Forum because Forum's the same way. I, I like to do lo- it. you got to see it happen. Yeah. That's my whole conversion. And not from- with a two two three. Why? Do it with your new 6.5 Creed because you're going to set that up for NRL Hunter anyway. I'll do it with everything. But do it with the rum you're going to have a real <laughs> fucking problem. And that comes back to like the, a 300 rum that may have a 700 fucking round barrel. We're not shooting 10 yard 10 fucking shot zeros. It's just not going to happen. That's not the application for that rifle. It's already been done. And we can talk. I know that he did. I know. I know that he did it. But in reality, like that, that, that rifle has fucking bodies and bodies right. of single shot kills, well, and it continues to kill. Don't get me wrong. And I never did a ten shot zero. Most of people take this the wrong way that you can't have one shot kills. You can't kill things with big rifles. Obviously, you can. Mm-hmm. What this comes down to is consistency. Mm-hmm. If you take those 20 kills over and you take the rum or you take the other one, you're going to be better with the lesser kicking recoiling rifle. Absolutely. Every time. And that yeah. I, I want, we always people argue about these definitive things. I'm not arguing that, but you can't practice with a rum. You just can't. Mm-mm. I mean, you could, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't like it. Yeah. And you're not going to be, you're not going to keep your fundamentals. You're not going to keep from flinching. Mm-hmm. You're not going to create, you're going to create bad habits. Mm-hmm. This was more, well, let's ask. When you shot your ten round group with the rum, how'd that go compared to when you shot the ten round? Group Did you shoot fucking ten more? rounds in a row without letting it cool? No. Oh, that's that's right. We were we were like getting off the pack. And yeah, stuff. yeah, it wasn't fast. Yeah. No, it was like two, and then 
few but, minutes. But you, Mason, you have shot, and this is coming to you next, mm-hmm. you've <laughs> shot 10 shots with a hard-kicking rifle. Mm-hmm. You shot 10 rounds, I believe you did it with a 6.5 Creed, or did you do a 223? I did it with the Creed. How did that go? The Creed was a lot better. How were the group difference? Well, and I didn't shoot a group with the rum, so I couldn't say, but the Creed <clears> was definitely better. Because I put 10 rounds in a 2MOA. With the Creed? With the Creed. Yeah. And 2MOA sounds really big. But when but you shoot 10 rounds. If we did 99% of the hunters, they're going to shoot three to four MOA groups. Mm-hmm. So it's not... People don't shoot 10-round groups. I don't think that anybody in the world would argue whether or not shooting a lower recoiling rifle would be better. That's obvious. Yeah, we did. We're just stating obvious things at this point. No, 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 no. People argue that like a motherfucker. They well, argue every day on Rockstar. Shoot Rock a two, two, three, or a 300 rum, which one's going to feel better to shoot? Which one do you think you could do a follow-up shot with quicker? Of course it's the two, two, three. People argue every day that they can shoot just as good with a Magnum as they can with a light rifle. It's not true. It's 100% not true. That's the reason we're doing this. <clears throat> but but again, so going back to this, I believe that there is a difference between a 10-shot <clears throat> cone dispersion zero average versus a cold bore POI morning after morning at ambient temp. There's going to be a difference. I it will never... be within the cone of dispersion, yes, but it will be a different point of impact. Whether it be a quarter inch or a half inch, it's going to be different. I have never done it, so I can't say either way. Be a good test. All I know is if it's in that 1.5 inches, it don't matter. Because the Wes will tell you, it just fucking don't matter. No. We get argue, we get all hemmed up and spooled up about, you know, one-minute groups, 0.5 inch, 0.3 all day, every day, three-shot groups. Three-shot groups just logic, don't matter. Logic tells you as a hunter to pick this one and zero for this one. Oh, I'm not doubting you there. If, but if it stayed within that 1.5 inches... This is within one inch. I would just leave This it. is your 1.5 inch dispersion. And you know it hits every morning right here. You're lying because I know what you'd do. If every morning you went out before your hunt to check your rifle and it hits here every fucking morning, but you did you a 10 shot zero and it was here, you would switch it to this one. What it happens if it, you go out and you do a cold bore and it goes like this, 10 shots. This one don't count. Okay. So here's number two. Yeah. Here's number three. Here's number four. Oh. Here's number five. Here's number six. Here's number seven. Something's loose. Nope. Some cone. Here's within eight. Just, yeah. We got we got to go do some work with some ten shot groups. Yep. Here's number eight. Here's number nine, and here's number ten. What are you doing? If that was if that okay going back if that was ten mornings in a row, mm-hmm. there's something wrong to me. Nope. There is to me. We got to go do this. We're gonna. It's gonna prove a fact to you. Basically, what Ryan just drew on a paper was a ten-shot group that was an inch and a half with ten single cold bore shots in ten mornings in a row. If I shot an inch and a half like that with the three in a rum, there's something wrong. He needs to go to the class. He does. But again, we're not. T- you guys are doing ten-shot zeros, and again, you have heat, a barrel that's heating up. You have migration. You guys aren't letting the entire rifle cool for your ten-shot zero. It don't matter. But you're not. Just, just it don't. If the stress relief is proper, it don't matter. You could say carbon barrels can fuck this up because I've seen it happen. But if we went out with whatever gun you choose that you're going to hunt with, and we did that, that's about what your group's going to look like. Cold bore, I bet you. It won't. How did yours look on it. when you went out like five mornings in a row and checked your zero? What did yours look like? It didn't look like that because you would have came done back it. here. I've never done that. No I've more. done cold bores, and they were all the thing that we do is we cherry pick. And even in my mind, like I'll go out and I'll have a one inch dot. And there'll be, let's say it's a one-inch circle, 
and my shots will be one will be here, one will be here, one will be here, and say it's five shot, one would be here, and another would be here. It's like fucking good enough because it's staying within the one inch. I never thought until the Wes came along that this would be acceptable, but once you run this through the Wes, if it's to a thousand yards, if it's in with that 1.5 inches, you gotta let her rip, tater chip, because it's gonna kill it. The wind's gonna be a bigger factor than that. With that one inch, people that you can't just see it, but did up there. Yeah. How are you gonna set your zero if every time you set it to the center of that circle, it shoots a different spot? It just it doesn't matter. Because that's how a rifle shoots. It shoots in a cone. And if you shoot that rifle a thousand times, it fills that cone in each time. I know. We're talking about cold bore hunting zero. We're going to find this out. This is the topic of discussion. We're going to have to do it moment. now. What gun are you going to use? Um, I'll take the 6UM. You take we're, Well, we're going to get going on her rifle pretty quick, and I think it's going to be that 6.57 PRC improved reamer. Oh, did you get it back? Not yet, but it's going to be here like within a few weeks, and we're going to build her rifle on that Manor's Long Range Hunter with a can, and this will be the perfect test for that because that's the rifle we're going to kill with this year. And I want to make sure it's fucking on. So we'll do we'll do a follow-up on this podcast as far as cold bore zero versus 10-shot cone of dispersion zero. That'll be another topic. We'll put that on the list for... Yep, and we got to have a video sequence that goes with it. Yeah, we'll have... Yeah, You can do that. I'll do the 6UM. We'll see what we come up with. The 16-inch barrel when Maybe it that's shows up. we can up. have the fight, yeah. too. Video. And to me, you know, the whole the whole 223 versus Magnum, you know, lower recoil, that's all... That's kind of self-explanatory to me. But I don't think that will change, or I don't want it to change, the cold bore zero for the hunting rifle. But you're you're a smart cat, I guess. People, most a lot of people aren't. They truly believe they can shoot a seven rim mag as good as they can shoot a six five Creedmoor or a six Creedmoor or a two twenty three. No, well, there's sure. a there's a lot to be said because of recoil and follow up shots, right? When it comes to a hunter, mm-hmm. and 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 um, we call them form when we're in here, yeah, yeah, form is designed to kill human-sized mammals, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. And that goal is to load freaking ammo, put bullets in them until they're done. It's not about meat collection or anything else. It's about kill the fucking thing in front of you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I think, with the bigger, you know, people people are getting a bigger magnum because they believe it'll be a one-shot kill because it's a bigger bullet going faster. And, and we both maybe think the same way or... Oh, I thought the same way if it's a delivery system, right? So, but when you got like, if you said, I'm going to kill a two, I'm going to kill a moose this year with a two, two, three, mm-hmm. 95% of people would say you're fucking nuts. I would say 99 would say 99%. Now, mm-hmm. if you said to me, I can put 10, two, two, three bullets in the same fucking spot inside of 10 seconds. And I know how a moose behaves and it's a suppressed two, two, three. He's going to stand there and fucking soak them up until you put so many holes in them that he falls over. Mm-hmm. It can be done. I know it can be done because he tells a story about that. Mm-hmm. Right? It was was it Chris that did it? Oh no, it, or was, it was his wife. Chris's ex-wife came Yeah. So we know a moose can die with a 223 and that would be the topic a big thread topic right on Rockside, but what they don't tell you is how many fucking bullets it took and how many they sent in a certain amount of time. Like if you can send Mason said he did in the class, he sent 10 223s in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking pooch pooch pooch. Well, most hunters are not because of they're not going to choose the lower recoiling round because they know they can put 10 rounds on the elk in 10 seconds. That's not what the brain process is choosing a hunting cartridge. If you shoot, and we'll take CNS out, central nervous system shots out of it, you're probably going to end up 
you can shoot faster with a smaller rifle. Oh, yeah. You're not going to be able to. And stay on target because the big magnum is going to jump. Yeah, so that's the reasoning. It's not because the animal necessarily falls down faster. Mm -hmm. It's because you can stay on target and keep shooting. But, I mean, that's to me, that's not argument. I think your argument with, if you go back to form, you know, shooting people or shooting animals, he would tell you it's to him it's the same. You shoot them till they're dead, right? Yes. Which I do agree with. And a lot of times you can't. I've shot a lot of big 338s and a lot of 300 ultras. You physically cannot spot your own hit, so there's no way you can get back on them. And by the time you get back on, the animals either went to a place where you couldn't shoot it or hopefully fell down. So in reality, the goal is to develop a weapon system that you can shoot comfortably and be light enough to carry in the mountains mm-hmm. while still staying on target at a certain distance in the scope when you pull the trigger. Yes, There is a balance there. It doesn't have to be. 223 is the far end of the spectrum. So 223 yeah. to 33XE. Maybe it's 6.5 SOM improved. Maybe it's a 7 PRC. But there is a balance point in there for caliber versus can I stay in the scope with a follow-up shot. There is. It's called a 6 UM. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, the 223 for me is not a – don't. I'm not going to hunt with 223 for one reason. At 400 yeah. yards, it generally doesn't have enough poop after that. So mm-hmm. I will never hunt with a 223. But you started looking at 6 Creeds, 6.5 Creeds. I, to me, it's – I was always, when you met me, I'm always a bigger is better. And now I'm starting to think it's not necessarily better if you can't spot your own hit, if you can't do a follow-up shot, because inevitably you're going to make a bad shot. Would you rather get three 6.5, let's say 6.5 PRCs into it, or one Magnum marginal shot? It would be the first. Yeah. So that's my, and the difference with the, and I've seen this with my own eyes, match bullets in littler guns are super effective. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you put a car, if you put a mono bullet or an AB or any of the bonded bullets in a bigger, you're basically making a less, a less impressive wound channel than a 6.5 PRC with a 147 does. Yeah, but, I liked that Mason brought up, showed you guys pictures of a bear and it was shot with a 223, and then it was shot with a 300 rum 215 hybrid, mm-hmm. and he showed you pictures of entrance wounds and exit wounds and basically what what this is what mason was telling me go ahead actually explain it it was like four different caliber bullets all on bears and said that he couldn't tell the difference between each bullet hole they all look the same entrance and exit yeah besides that 33xc man that thing just ripped apart that bear we shot a bear with a 33xc ripped the whole (laughs) chest cavity off so there is a fucking difference there is but it still didn't this is what i was talking about and i think i don't remember if it was it still ran it did. Well, that one f- basically fell back five, ten yards. Okay. Yeah. Usually, he, like, jumped and fell. Is that the gut shot? Yeah. yeah. But and there is, out, yeah. dude, If I'm not going to argue that point at all. I've seen a lot of 300s kill stuff, and it, it's impressive. If you're dedicatedly going to open up on animals over 800 yards, I would start with a 338. I think the moral of the story here is that you can probably get the job done with a smaller caliber than you thought. Smaller Absolutely. caliber, smaller yeah. cartridge. Oh, so 100%. just generally be more open-minded about, because we were the same way, be more open-minded about maybe I don't need that 33XC to kill that deer. Yeah. Yeah, and regardless of the gun, what I learned from the, the shooting course was the amount of preparation that goes into, like, before a hunt, all the training you have to do, all the rounds you got to shoot before i mean i was just getting three you know three shot groups and then checking to see where that is okay three inches down three inches right and then just shoot three more and then like ah it's good enough and then go out hunting Mm -hmm. this it was like there's weeks of preparation that go into it sitting standing you know offhand 
all of that stuff. And yeah, it yeah. opened my mind. And it's very apparent when uh, I'm going to put Mason on the spot there. We were hunting bears and we had a bear. We were driving to a bear spot and a bear is on the side of the road, 80 yards from where his shooting position was. Mm-hmm. And basically, we wasted too much time setting him up in the prone position when if he would have been after this school, he already, I already asked him. I said, what would have been different? He said, I would have offhanded and dropped that bitch. Oh, there would have been well, three shots in him before. Could exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah. we had never practiced that. So just like we talked about, I'm guilty of All of us are guilty of it as far as practicing the unexpected shot to be more a more effective killer, basically. Yeah, we like, like we started. We are not what I would call like shootists. We're specialized shooters. Right. I love shooting in the prone. That's my strongest. When you put me seated unsupported, you might as well just fucking <laughs> throw the rifle at the dude. Mm-hmm. We all shot offhand and we suck yeah. offhand. Right. We all shot um, seated supported. We did actually pretty good seated supported, mm-hmm. but we just stay in these little, in the, I guess the premise of what I was trying to say of how we suck as shooters is because we do all this at a hundred yards. We do offhand, sitting unsupported, sitting supported and prone. And we do it offhand for three days. We do it four Mm. days. And then we go to the mountains and then we get weird positions, weird angles. And you think, oh, I'm doing so good on this target at a hundred yards. And then you go, fuck, when I get in the woods and I'm actually shooting, I am terrible. But... Never. Mm-mm. I shoot all the time. I don't do that. So we were missing, what, three, 400-yard angled shots? We were all mm-hmm. missing. Everybody there was missing these mm-hmm. easy shots. Mm-hmm. And we sh- and I shoot a lot. Mm-hmm. Chances are pretty people listening to this don't shoot as much. So it's just saying that we think we are something, and we actually go to prove it, and we are not. You know? What do they plug your ears, Mason? <laughs> men, are, men think they're good at fucking, driving cars, and shooting. And we pretty much suck at all three. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's good at one of those things. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope you only. <laughs> I hope you only know one. Yeah. He's spicy. it's more about you know you going into it, Luke. You've never really shot, right? Like a, that's probably the most you've ever shot. Yeah, it, it just kills my shoulder. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, what did what did you be in something that had no. Expectation. You were shooting two, two, threes and six, five creeds. <laughs> no, no, prior to this course. Okay. Yeah, prior to this course. But everything we did was replicating like an actual real life scenario. So the first day was simply, I mean, the first well, one of the first ones we did was we walked down on a ridge side and said, "Oh, there's an elk down there," but we left our gun and pack at the car, and so we had to crawl back, get that heart rate back up, crawl back. And then from there, the time started, and we had probably, what, 40 seconds, 30 mm-hmm. seconds? I mean, I didn't even really get a quality shot off. I was trying to go prone, and there was, you know, grass in front of me. And, you know, you don't think about those things until you're actually there and doing it. And you're like, okay, now i got to get above the grass or did what Ryan did, which was go, <laughs> go at the very end there and just, like, yeah. brush the grass down real quick and shoot. But yeah, at the end of the day, you're just trying to kill something. And it's like, how do you kill something as effectively and as fast as possible it was the whole premises. Yeah. The beginning, he put us in shots that actually happened to people. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that shot Randy Gerke had the year before where he shot a spike in the bottom and he'd walked up just to glass over at last light mm. and his all of his shit was 40 yards behind him in his truck. We had that with the deer in Montana. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Same situation. Well, then we had we had a couple. He had, he put, uh, Form put in his Miss Bear. He no. put that out there, and I don't think anybody fucking hit that mm-hmm. in that no. time frame because no. it was like this big. The, yeah, the bear was literally that. <laughs> and he's trying to say it's the same size. So it takes you through 
you know, puts a little bit of speed, a little bit of stress, just like hunting. And mm-hmm. pretty much, I missed one out of the three, and pretty much everybody. Well, you Mason hit, hit the Mason far hit one. the far one with the rum. I, I hit the, the far one with the um. Mm-hmm. But I was two for three, and I think everybody else was one for three or zero for three. Mm-hmm. And it just tells you that we don't practice real life scenarios enough. I know we've had some issues in the past, and I, I think that sometimes we're guilty of trying to set everything up perfectly having the bipod instead of just throwing it on a backpack or not using mm-hmm. your Beano pack as the rear rest. We bring shooting bags where we go, you know, and yeah, you want to bring all the right gear, but sometimes we don't have the time to set up the perfect shot mm-hmm. or take the perfect shot. And then that's what you need to be practiced with. Yeah. You figure out real fast that you can shoot really well, really far off your backpack. Yeah. Right. And I did not. And, and trekking poles, like he was telling me all about the trekking poles and how they were tied together and whatnot. And you know, it's a, uh, it's awesome. I'm glad he's an expert now. That way he can continue killing everything. Oh, yeah. Mason probably probably had the, I mean, Luke can counter this, probably had the most improvement of the whole group, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I don't know, Luke. You might yeah. say no, you no. might say it was yourself, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I was balancing the filming. and Yeah, yeah. Back, so Luke I... had no chance because he was filming them. We'd yell at him to shoot and he'd have mm-hmm. to jump in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But as Mason working that fucking bolt, dude. Yeah. He's like a machine gun. Was this on the Creedmoor more or the yeah. 223? The on Creedmoor both. has that. Well, both. I did the, the Creedmoor was all the 100-yard stuff, and then when we went to distance, I Well, did you like that for those? We put that mountain tactical. Oh, the big bolt nab was so nice. Okay, so you liked it better. Yeah. So those of you that got a Tika, we put that on the 6.5 Creed we put together for Mason had the mountain. Mm. Is it mountain tactical? I think so. Yeah, mountain tactical has a variety of, of Tika knobs, and basically you have to buy the, you have to buy the bolt handle that's threaded for a bolt knob and because the Tika one's not. Yeah. And the Tika bolt kind of sucks. I love running Tikas, but they have one flaw is when you move the safety or move the trigger, if your hand pushes up on that bolt, it won't fire. And it mm. does that a lot. But I think everybody coming out of it really loves how Tikas run though. Right? Oh. I imagine they run. There's, there is nothing on the market in my opinion that runs like a Tika. Yeah. I think like the ideal situation for hunting is having a two two three with bad ammo to practice with and mm. shoot all those rounds that you can through that barrel and then using something like a six UM to go hunt with, which is like the medium between the big Don't get on the fucking Ryan bad with this six UM shit. I could not agree with you any possibly anymore than what you just said. Except for you don't necessarily have to use bad ammo for two two three. You could use good ammo. I'm just saying when you're practicing, if you use bad ammo it just makes you better. That's the biggest thing is muscle memory. Like you you don't like sometimes obviously like safety when you get off the trigger or you don't, you know, redo the zeroing and It's just muscle memory, and you don't. You only get that from shooting a thousand plus rounds a year. Yes, it's comes it, once you get through that. Like I said, I've been to quite a few places, and in my opinion, outside of the Gunworks one, the rest of them are just splash and giggle events. They want you to feel good about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. They actually don't want to make you fundamentally better, and they don't explain. It's really not a knock on them. I think they have to preach to the people that come, and sometimes they're going to be talking so far over their heads. It doesn't matter to where form is basically starts at nothing and then brings you up to a level to your level to the highest level you can possibly be. And he can explain it well. Yeah. He shows you how bad you are and then how to improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should touch on the app too, the shooter app. Ryan was uh, a little hesitant. I don't use shooter app. I use the AB app, but you should, if you know, run your numbers. Yeah. We're able to find distance, you know, when we didn't have a Kestrel or when we didn't have, you can, Basically, you taught us to scope it, 
check the mills, check the size of it, plug it into your calculator, and it'll spit out a number. Yeah, you went through the shooter app, ABF. A lot of apps have it. You can calculate range off mills. You can calculate degrees. You know, you can turn your phone on. Well, he said, what happened if your laser went down? And I said, well, that's why I bring two. But he didn't agree with that. <laughs> and uh, he, made us, yeah, he made us mill shit, and I suck at milling. I no. learned in the military I suck at milling range. And pretty much he I'd got, rather carry two range finders. I'd rather carry fucking three range finders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I get why he's doing it because it's, it's good to know you could do that if you needed to. Apocalypse happened. you got to mm-hmm. shoot some people. Mm-hmm. You can mill them up and shoot them. Yep. There's no batteries. You know. Yeah, there's no batteries. But he just takes you through scenarios that I never think about. But obviously, mm-hmm. there's situations where that would come up. A big mm-hmm. thing about that is power. Power does not matter when you're shooting at all. Oh, you're talking about your zoom range on yeah. your scope? Yep. Like, I was that's hitting 1,200 yards. That's why your dad's got to go to the school. 1,200 yards on a fixed six power scope. No problem. How big was that target? <laughs> oh, yay big. I will yeah. admit, I have to do a little backplate on that no. six With the 223. Yeah. <laughs> I was shooting the hell out of that Swafa, and I was like, fuck, this yeah. thing is pretty nice. It's nice not having to worry about power right? Mm-hmm. because you're just stuck with what you got. And basically, if you can quarter up an animal in those in the reticle, you can kill it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But One of the good things that helped me is Form taped my, my power so I couldn't mess with it. So <laughs> it was like a – he made it like a fixed eight power. <laughs> and, how, and at the end, it just didn't matter. No. Then, then sometimes the 6X was too much power. Yeah, that, that threw me for a loop when that came out of his mouth. But you've heard the thing. You've all watched Patriot, aim small, miss small. Uh-huh. It's not necessarily a thing. Sometimes you actually, your wobble looks bigger when shit's smaller. When oh. you got zoomed way up and you're looking at a little target and it wobbles like this because you're 32 power. This goes back to the whole optimal shooting position thing. If you're in the prone yeah. and you're stable as fuck, I'll take 32x all day long. That will make you that that will increase your chances of hitting that animal if you're stable. Now, if you're in an unstable position, I can completely see that mm-hmm. a lower power will give you just like your your zero cone. Mm-hmm. It'll be your wobble cone, yeah. And you try to get your cone small, and then you have to send it. It is what it is. Speaking of that, when we shot the the night force ELR, I started like high, like I started around twenty five thirty. And at the end, I was backing it off to like 18 because when I'd shoot, sometimes it'd take me a little longer to get back on target. Well, mm. people that don't know, the lower you zoom, the bigger your field of view, and you can find the target a little better, and you can spot your hits a little better. I didn't have a problem spotting my hits, per se, but sometimes when you're moving targets, mm. I like to line 18, 20 because I could find the next target a little quicker. But that 6X, it, I don't even want to admit to him because it, it, it did work pretty well. Mm. So, Out to a thousand yards, six X. 1200. 1200 yards. No. And then with the, with the six five creed, <laughs> you, gotta, you haven't even tried it. With the, with I don't the, want to. With the six five creed, two and a half to twenty night force. At eight, at nine hundred yards, I was at eight power, and I couldn't see the target because of all the the mirage. Not the mirage. The, the weeds. The hashes. The, the hashes. Vertical. The hashes. I could not find Lower the hashies. target. Lower hashy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, because you had all that. Sh- yeah, you have all the. You're talking about the subtensions in the. Ah, uh, yeah, we put that scope just because it was the shop scope. It Does it have together. a tree? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, trees are not. Somebody great. had us order that scope for them and put it on something and then said no. Yeah, sometimes when you're in the heat of the battle, simple is better. Yeah. So let's say there's a deer. It spots you. It's 
it's about to go up and over that hill and you got 10 seconds to shoot it and your muscle memory is like i gotta screw with the power and i gotta screw with the parallax and i gotta screw with all this and that's the one thing you got to consider too is is whether or not you can get a shot off within the 10 seconds and a lot of i think me and mason both were trying to screw with the power and we're just like trying to do it and on the first day mm-hmm. and it was screwing with our time it's similar with the bipod the bipod's just extra steps you know you have to fold it out get the right height with the pack you just throw it off and you yeah. know, have a low spot high spot and there is a difference between ambush hunting which we do a lot mm-hmm. and spot and stock hunting to where you don't you know right you're on the animals terms spot and stock they're on your terms hopefully with an mm-hmm. ambush another thing we suck at and we didn't really know we sucked at was spotting Mm, yeah. When we when we spotted for the other people, we were not great at spotting. Mm. I was. We're not great. You did pretty good. We're just not good at making corrections as a whole, as that group as a whole. And I've never done that in another shooting class. Mm. And that, you know, they always say in the military, and I've never I wasn't a sniper in the military, but they say the spotter is the better of the two mm-hmm. because he has to make those calls. And we some of us really sucked. Some of us sucked a little less, but we, as a whole, we weren't good. Yeah. And by the end, we were getting a lot better yeah. calling out ranges, calling out wind calls. After like five days, my partner, Randy with Randy with the G, he would hit. <laughs> Randy with the guy, he would hit high and left. And then I would give him a correction on his mills and windage, and then he would hit dead center. So yeah, and did, you, and did you have, you had a reticle in your spotting scope? Oh yeah, his did. Yeah, but the t- the key to that is that I actually asked that question because truly I've only been shooting mills hard for two years. It came from MOA, and that's the great thing about having a reticle is you can tell the actual person how big it is. The guy shooting can tell the spotter how mm-hmm. big that target is with mills, mm-hmm. and so you have like a reference the- in your head. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna offer this class up, pay to play next year. Yeah, we were talking to, uh, we figured we'd put maybe a promo video together with all the footage you guys mm-hmm. took, and then we'll try to come up with a product here pretty quick. I think people probably need time to plan and whatnot, but. Yep, we're going to uh, offer one in person, and we're going to offer a subscription online. And uh, I think it'll. slot? No, no, we're, the, the online will be. For, I hope everybody signs up and forgets about it, but <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, the in-person, we don't know exact, exact price, but it's going to be five days. It'll be probably in Montana. Um you can rent guns. I think on, we talked about unknown. Getting yeah, some guns some ready to rent. Together. Yeah. Yep, you can rent it. I think there's going to be a limited slot of ten, and uh, I think it'll sell out quick. Like I said, this is number nine shooting school, and there's nothing that I've ever been to like this. Mm-hmm. If you want to be an all-around shooter, if you're a guy that just goes on private land, or or you have a spot on public land where you just go and you sit and you're ambush hunting, and you know you're going to be in the prone, probably not for you. But if you're you want to be well rounded, you're a guy that does ambush, spot and stock. You know, you have to jump out of your truck, drive down the road, and, and run and off into the ditch prone. and shoot it and go prone. If you want to be a better shootist, this this will definitely make you better. We're not talking about group shooters. Talk We're talking about, about thing hitters. hitters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shirt. Oh, and your dad's. We're do, also we're having another class with the, the group of people that we all know, and your dad's gonna be one of them. I can't wait. <laughs> Don't shake your head. You're going. He's you got, gonna have going. some new wings coming out. <laughs> <laughs> some new what? 
Jeg sagde, you're gonna have some new rings coming out, so stay back. Oh. I'll have some new product I will give it to Jake. He stayed. He was supposed to go. He stayed back because he had to make shit work right. Yeah, and we're already fucking halfway through shipping all the hinge rings, and Tika rings are early next week. But next year, if that happens, I'm fucking staying back, and you're going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it wouldn't be any better when you got back. But fuck, yeah, yeah, I would be here. <laughs> uh, but no, it's... We think we are good at shooting, and we are not. Yeah. That's the premise of this. I don't know if anybody learned anything from this, but practice in multiple positions. If you go on Rockside, we have the drill we did. It's the, I don't know what he calls it, but it's a circle drill. I'll, we'll link it it's in the, the show. It's the crafting rifle is drill. It the craft? No, it's not the craft drill. The craft drill is part of it, but who oh. he has that, the circles are not part of it. Okay. It's just something he came up with. And uh, we'll link it to Rockside. You can download the targets and you can learn all the, the rules are on that thread. It's called the cool. hunting rifle drill. Yeah, it's called the hunting rifle it's, drill. It's offhand Damn, shooting. young kids remember everything. <laughs> offhand shooting on a big circle. Seated, supported at a smaller circle. Mm-hmm. Seated, unsupported, even smaller, and then prone, even like tiny, mm-hmm. at hundred yep. yards. You had that flip. The bigger circle yeah. is unsupported, seated. Oh yeah. And the smaller circle is supported, sitting. Basically, you get more gotta, stable the smaller the yep. circle gets. Yep. Yeah. And it tells you exactly where you are. Yep. Mm. There's no lying. I don't need to know. I'm already the best shooter. <laughs> Can you guys imagine for a moment getting your dad and Blaine there? Mm. Your dad, oh, that your, would be awesome. Would be your dad would be okay because your dad takes information well. Like your dad processes stuff, and your dad would figure out. And he's not super fucking prideful. This is the way. Blaine would be a mm. fucking Blaine would nightmare. be like Kelly. Yes, Blaine would be like. <laughs> he would Kelly. be cleaning his guns every night and getting ready for the next day. We would actually get nothing done because Form <laughs> and Blaine would just argue back and forth the whole time. Uh-huh. It'd be epical. Yeah. Huh. Blaine will be like, "Where's my bench at?" Yeah, dude, that should be a podcast. Just sit for him, and uh, we got. I've tried and, to do this. Blaine down. Just say go. Oh, form's <laughs> on board. I don't think Blaine's on board. Yeah, but next year it's gonna happen. Big Red's going. Ten, ten spots. We're saying ten spots. We're gonna sell ten spots. Form says he can't do any more than than uh, yeah ten. If you're one of those guys listening, and you know you want to be one of those ten, you're welcome to email ahead of time and secure your spot. Yeah, we don't have a price because it really depends on if we have to pay for the rent, for where we're going to be. Okay. You, might, you might get yelled at. So mm-hmm. be ready. It's not like a yell at. It's just you're fucking up. You I told to him it's not up. It's not yelling. It's stern truth yes. is all. Yeah. Nobody's going to fuck around and pussyfoot you. They're going to give you it straight, and they're going to no. tell you what you're fucking up and fix it. And uh, Somebody shot the wrong target, so what did you have to do? I had to go pick up plates. Nice, nice. Well, well, I felt, but I did feel bad for him because Randy with a Y was doing it all the, the day first, before. The first time I did it, yeah. I did it once, and then I had to go pick up. You want to know what that means? That means what? he likes you. I don't yeah. think so. Oh, yeah, and it was like <laughs> it was to a point where it was getting out of control, we and he a, was just bad luck, bad timing. Yeah, the first, the first one I did. Of yeah, me and me and my uncle was shooting me and, and Luke's target so much we had to fucking move ours. <laughs> How many rounds do you guys think that these attendees would shoot in five days? Four hundred. So you'd be probably shooting four hundred rounds. It's gonna there's gonna be food and tents and all that be kind food, of shit. Tents. Yeah, you just have to get there with your thing. You can bring your own weapon system. I highly suggest you don't bring a huge magnum because think mm-hmm. about four hundred mm-hmm. rounds. 
Yeah, like a six Creed, six five Creed, two two three mm. suppressed Tika. Yep, you yeah, could do it with a six five PRC probably. Yeah, and you guys even limit. you tell them the rest of the story. So you guys swapped rifle. Everybody shot everybody else's rifles. Mm. Yeah, because he's you know what happens if yours jams and you got your buddy sitting there. Mm. I use you know what have like I kind of cheated once because I kind of knew the rules ahead of time where we had this high grass thing and I stacked backpacks because you're gonna have your chances are you'll have a buddy to stack packs. Mm. Um, he made a shoot left handed, which. We were, I was mm. far better. Most everybody was far better left-handed than we thought we'd be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what happens if you just cannot physically shoot right-handed? Mm-hmm. And we shot to 500 yards left-handed, yeah. and we mm-hmm. did pretty good. Yeah, Angled, too. Form yeah, talked angled. about how you can't just be good with one rifle. You have to be good. He said, you don't pick up this rifle that you hate and shoot it really well. Mm. Like his 2 yeah. by 4 stock rifle. <laughs> yeah, old. Ugly. Chiseled that the shit old, out. I call it the old abortion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ugly as sin uh yeah he had that rifle there yeah but basically so it'd be five i think it's gonna be five days possibly six i think five uh so you have a day travel on each side so seven days it's gonna be in montana mm-hmm. you need 400 rounds um basically everything would bed you know basically you're sleeping out in the woods so it'd be wall tent or teepee or something like that and gun you could shoot and get in there and be able to have an open mind because yeah. you're not probably going to be you're going to be in a spot you've probably never been in before. Mm-hmm. You mean doing things you've never done before. I think there'll be a lot of hands on deck for this too, because I'm sure we'll all go to that one, right? And so there'll yep. be a lot of hands on deck to assist. And yeah, because and he even admitted that he needed I'm just watching people shoot. I don't remember if it was you or my uncle. Anyways, they're you know booger flicking there. But, you know, I need to watch people shoot. Well, Chris was helping out. Like Chris was helping out. Like doing people. My uncle, who hasn't shot a lot, he wasn't even having. He didn't have the rifle all the way in his shoulder sometimes. No. So his groups were, you know, pie plate size, and we're like, "What's going on?" So then I shot the rifle, and I shot I don't know, like five in like inside of an inch. Oh. So you knew it was fundamentally something he was doing to the rifle. It ended up he was not. It'll be good timing too, right? We're going to talk like early spring, June probably. June, June, right before hunting season, will be good. So if you got yeah. some big hunt, sheep hunt planned or something in mm-hmm. September, October, then it'd be good timing. Yeah, come with an open mind and a, and a gun you can rack really fast. Mm-hmm. The guy that said the sheep was three and a half feet wide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything else we missed, Luke? No, um, not much. Yeah, the video will come out here within a week or so, and that'll be exciting. What did your dad say? My dad loved it. Uh, super practical, something he can take home and practice we're gonna be he's got some land on the other side of his property and so it's gonna be perfect we're just gonna go out and bang some rocks practice Mm -hmm. and just build that muscle memory up and um yeah it was it was it was great yeah this is something you can take with you or if you get online Mm -hmm. and watch the subscription the subscription we're gonna have you can take this and you can do this at 100 yards for right. the most part. <clears throat> yeah, you do need to get in the woods and you need to shoot in the weird spots, but you can get a lot better fundamentally with a 100-yard range. That's all you need. Yep. So that's all I had. Cool. Mason? You'll, you're you're going to learn a lot. <laughs> a lot of stuff that you thought you were good at. And Are you going to instruct next year? No. Maybe. No. <laughs> it might help. You got one more year, then you have to start showing people how to do it. Yeah. Two years, and then then you're a helper. All right, we'll put that link in the show notes. Don't forget from Rockslide on how to do the drill. Uh, if you have any questions or you want to be a part of this class, get a hold of us at podcast at shoottohunt.com. And, it's, and I, I figured this out the other day because this guy kept saying, it's 
It's shoot. It's with a two, not the letters two, the mm. number two. Always the number two, yeah, so no matter what we do. Yep. S-H-O-O-T, the number two, and then H-U-N-T dot com. So podcast at shoot to hunt dot com. Or you can DM us on Instagram at shoot to hunt. Basically the right way, not the gay way. Yeah. This guy kept kicking it back. It was one of the guys we had a swag, ba- swag bag. It was Basil. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Basil. His name's... Basil Fody. So he has a whole new nickname because his friend listened to it and his wife listened to it. Okay. So he started call, calling him Basil. Nice. <laughs> nice. Anyways, he said he kept kicking it back, and I'm like, that's weird. You're doing this. He's like, no, I'm writing the number two. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening. Thank you. Great success. <laughs>